G'day and welcome to episode 180 of the Green and Gold Rugby podcast. It's Matt Rowley here for a bit of a rare stint back in the chair. Um, we're sponsored, uh, as we have been for the last few weeks, by the Reds Long Lunch. It's on the 16th of July. There's a bunch of smart people there, including some of our favourites like Bob Dwyer. Uh, you've also got Bobby Skinstead, David Campisi, Ben Tune and Graham Henry. They're all people who can talk a hell of a lot, so that's going to be good to get to. But look, I've got some other guys here who can talk up a storm as well. I've got uh, Hugh Cavill, mate. How are you? Not too bad. Good to have you uh, b- back in the uh, central commentary position, mate. Uh, it's It's been a long time. Well, it has. And we've had these people who've obviously got red sympathies running things for far too long. Um, so it's good to be back and kind of setting things straight. Um, well, and- um, I mean, it, it, it is... It is the finals time, so I mean, it's only fitting that we uh, New South Wales takes over from this point onwards. <laughs> All right, and uh, so the other uh, party here who can also talk finals time, it's Brumby Jack, otherwise known as Steve. Mate, how are you? I'm pretty good, thanks. Thanks for not withdrawing negotiations with me. <laughs> Happy to keep them open. So joining me now, I've got uh, one of my favourites uh, all time with Waratahs and uh, for the Wallabies is uh, Cliffy Palu, mate. How are you? Yeah, very good, mate. Uh, very good. Yeah, thanks. It was good. It's, good. it's good to have you on, mate. Now, I know you were just out for dinner. Um, I, I had in my head that you might have been eating with the skeletons, and it could have taken a long time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> was that the case, or, or were you with someone else? No, I was with the uh, I was with the kids, so that usually takes a long time as well, you know, getting them in, in and out in and out of the car, so um, and trying to get them to eat their food. So um, they're probably about the same, you know, with eating with Willie. <laughs> Although I would have thought maybe it, it takes longer with uh, Willie for maybe another reason that might be the amount. Would that be right? Does he does he yeah. kind of, does he win at that at that game uh, with with the team, or is there a bigger eater than Will? No, definitely he likes uh, you know he likes his food and. Um, you know, obviously, he's got a big body, so he's got to, um, you know, feed it and keep it filled up. So, um, uh, like all Islanders, you know, he's uh, he enjoys that part of the of part of life, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay, mate. And look, actually, just while we're talking about Will, I mean, I, I think you had a fair bit to do with his sort of development coming on through the Tars. Would, would that be right? Have you been kind of giving him a help out um, over the years? Oh, you know, uh, you kind of. Um, when the young guy comes through, you know, you kind of, uh, um, I guess, try to lead him, you know, on the right way. But, you know, I think the uh, big thing about Willie is he's, he's uh, um, ever since he's, he's come on into the, I guess, the, like the Waratahs and the Wallabies and that, he's, a, he's the one guy that's always trying to improve. Um, yeah. Uh, probably, like, one thing that you guys don't want to see is, um, or the amount of, like, video and stuff he, he he'll uh, go through, you know. Okay. Um, not just uh, not just on his own game, but like he'll look at all other locks and stuff like that, and see how they're going. And um, you know, I guess he picks up little things from them too. So Great. I think um, that's one thing that um, 
I saw early on about Willie was that he was that he was always going to be good with you know, the amount of stuff he done off off the field. Great. Yeah, I mean, he's come on so fast. Um, it makes sense. Obviously, he's been really uh, paying attention to what other people have up to as well. But, mate, so, I mean, you've worked with a lot of coaches over the years. It's been 10 years you've been with the Tars now and obviously uh, with the Wallabies off and on as well. Uh, who would you say you've learned from the most out of those coaches? Um, I think um, probably the last three years, you know, I think I've learned a lot about, uh, you know, not just rugby but, like, uh, life in general, um, with, you know, playing under check and, mm-hmm. and Darrell and, and, and Grazy, you know, I think, um, and that's, I guess, one thing that, um, why I still enjoy playing rugby is I still feel like I'm still learning a lot okay. um, through, through those guys. And probably the last three years, I've probably learned the most um, out of rugby, you know, in time, like out of my whole career, the last three years, I've probably picked up the most things, you know. Okay, could you give me like a, like maybe an example? I mean, what in your game do you think has has, has come on that you've noticed? Uh, for me personally, um, it's probably the mentality mm-hmm. side of things. Um, I guess just um, yeah, and, uh, you know that probably comes with experience and I guess uh, you know age. You know, getting a bit older and, and a bit wiser. You know, but um, you know definitely on a check. You know, I think I felt like I've uh, you know got a lot you know mentally stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, and just not really worrying about what you know what people say, you know, right. and and that kind of um, you know probably probably my career, you know, you kind of uh, been been a been a bit of um, inconsistent, you know. So uh, mm-hmm. I think the last couple of years I've you know a bit more consistent, you know. Okay, and is that something? I mean, you know, as a person, I wouldn't have thought that about you that in the past that you would have worried about what other people thought. Was that something, you know, what people are saying, I don't know, in the press and stuff, did that get to you a little bit before? Oh, no, like, uh, more like um, stuff like uh, probably worrying about, like, uh, the the result of, you know, things and, like, um, you know, the result of playing a bad game or, you know, result of losing a game and stuff like that. And that kind of probably, you probably kind of, think about that a bit too much but I think I, like the last couple of years I haven't really worried about it you know I just go out there um, try to play my part in the team and then um, you know I, I, feel, I, feel, I feel like it's kind of worked for me Okay and is that because you guys just feel like you can really trust in what the team is trying to do and the direction that Czech's taking it? Yeah I guess that's, that's part of it you know mm. you, you kind of all buy into something and um, you know when he first came in you know we started doing all those heels and that and then you don't know, kind of. You don't know really why. You're kind of running all those hills and mm. um, getting flogged every day. But then you start seeing the results, and I guess um, that's just that's another thing. You know, you just kind of uh, throw off that, and then you just gain, like, you gain your trust and stuff like that, and then you just go from there. Okay. And mate, talking about the physical side of things, I mean, you know, you, you've had a few injuries over, over your time. How's that been to kind of deal with, you know, from a mental side? Yeah, it's been pretty hard. You know. Um, Sometimes your mind tells you something, and then your body keeps failing you. But mm. um, you know, I think the last couple of years we've worked pretty hard um, at the cars, and I think you just get used to all the knocks and stuff like that, and kind of recover mm. a lot quicker from the game. So, okay. And uh, uh, mate, so obviously a few couple of it's only a, uh, a few weeks ago now. Uh, we had the tragic passing of Jerry Collins um, and his wife, and yeah. I was just thinking you, you must have played with Jerry or against <clears throat> Jerry and, like a number of times in Super Rugby and uh, probably at international level as well. And um, what was it like playing against the man? 
Oh, he definitely, like he knew he was out there. Yeah. Um, if he wasn't a blonde hair, but uh, you know, he either put on a hit or something like that. And he's probably one of the few guys that you always have to kind of uh, you know look out for. You know, I guess. And mm. it's just the presence on the field. But then you know, I was kind of lucky enough to um, you know go out with him a few times. Mm-hmm. You know, after games and stuff like that. And you know, he was definitely you know I guess a man of the people. And um, didn't matter didn't matter who you were, he would just always. You know, have time for you, and I guess uh, you know it's pretty sad. Mm. Um, I guess what happened, and he was, uh, you know, I was quite shocked. You know, when I, I found out, you know, but uh, yeah, you know, all thoughts and prayers with, with his family, you know. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think the whole rugby community was uh, was was pretty shocked. I mean, have you got any, whether you know, sort of on field or off field, any kind of favourite memories you could share about you know Jerry and playing against him or anything? Any particular yeah, well, games? Um, it's probably a game. Um, we played, I think it was just before, I think it was 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, just before the kind of World Cup, when the lead up to the World Cup and stuff, we, we played them in Melbourne. Uh, the Wallabies won, well, we won that game, but um, I think in the first half, we took up the ball, and I went to hit him while I tackled him, and then tackled him and got a stinger, and that was probably the start of my nerve problems, you know. I had right. started getting a lot of nerve problems in my shoulder, so uh, <laughs> I guess... Uh, that's probably one imprint that he left on me, you know. <laughs> he's left you with a permanent memory. Okay. Yeah. He's a hard, he was a hard man, geez, uh, to watch play. Yeah, I can't yeah, imagine yeah. what he was to like to play against. Um, yeah. Anyway, mate, look, look, returning to the Tars then. So um, how did it make you feel like uh, finally winning uh, the whole thing last year? Yeah, obviously it was pretty... Um, just real happy, eh? Mm. Um, just seeing, like, not just... Uh, happy for the guys in our team, but just the amount of, um, I guess, people it, it affected, like it mm. really had a positive effect on a lot of people, not just uh, within our team, but the whole New South Wales organisation, um, you know, you walk the streets and people were, like congratulating you and stuff like that, and just seeing the whole of, I guess, uh, New South Wales kind of really behind us, and that was probably one thing that I was kind of mm. quite shocked, you know, um, about you know, is, is how many um, people were happy by the by the win, you know? Yeah, I mean it's great that you've managed to do that within your career. You know, ten years at the Tars, and to, to get at least one win under the belt, and it could be another one. Um, you know, you know, it must have been really satisfying. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we had a, um, you know, when you kind of plan to do something and then you work so hard to do it and then uh, you know actually do it, mm. um, you know, it's pretty special, you know. Okay, mate. Um, and so uh, this weekend's obviously going to be a massive one uh, against the Highlanders. Uh, I mean, you've played against them plenty of times. Um, it's always it's usually a mix of results, but it's almost always a exciting a game. How do you beat the Highlanders? Oh, I think um, like all games, I think uh, you know up front, um, mm-hmm. you know I think they're on a pretty you know a bit of a roll at the moment, and you know all their big players are. I guess are performing at the moment, like Aaron Smith and Ben Smith at the back there, and Nasimani, you know, mm-hmm. leading their way. So I guess uh, for us, um, you know, it's just trying to, you know, I guess, uh, you know, like, like all games, you know, just try to stop their momentum, you know, up front, and then hopefully that, uh, you know, kind of limits the guys out wide. Yeah. And is that, I mean, I don't want you to give me away any, any secrets or anything, mate, but is what what have you guys been focusing and talking about this week is you know is is it is it on that up front or 
what is there a mental attitude you guys are focusing on this week? Yeah, I think this week um, we've just been, um, uh, you know, like every week we talk about, like, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, uh, performing up front. But, uh, you know, I think this week um, we've just tried to focus on a lot of, on, on ourselves and mm-hmm. um, trying to, you know, nut out all the, I guess, little areas that we need to iron out, you know. I think um, and we've had a week to, I guess, uh, um a week off to do that, so it's, it's been good, you know. I think uh, the boys have been training well, and mm-hmm. um, you know, going into Saturday, hopefully, we, we, we can turn up. Okay, good one. So, um, mate, look, I, I, I'm going to be there myself. I think it's going to be an absolute cracker. I was lucky enough to be at the final last year, um, and then you know, depending on how the other one goes, this could be the last you know time um, we get to see you guys play on the weekend. So, I'm definitely going to be there. Um, just talk a little bit now. I mean, you know, this sounds like this could be, you know, your, your last game for the Tars at least for a while. Where is it that you're off to next? Uh, I'm going to Japan. Um, going for Toyota the Blitz. Mm-hmm. Um, so over there for two seasons. Okay. And when you were making your choices about what to do next, I mean, did you think about maybe Europe as well or just Japan? Yeah, like, um, obviously for, for myself, it was just... Um, I guess um, you know, you know, I really love playing rugby, and so I kind of want to play as long as I can. And um, I guess Japan was probably the um, you know the option, but you know, there's been a few times where I was close to going, you know, both to to Europe and and, and Japan. But uh, you know, I think uh, you know this time was the time was right for me. Okay. And so, what made your choice between Japan and and Europe? Then was it like just because you had a was it a, a better a more attractive offer or was it the length of playing season or being closer to Australia? What was it? Yeah, I think um, just probably the length of playing season. You know, mm. I think um, that kind of probably fit me a bit more. Um, yeah. You know, if I was to, if I was to go to Europe, you know, I'd probably almost just stay here. You know, and and, and just play. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the European probably season's pretty long and. Uh, you know, that competition's, uh, you know, pretty tough, especially on the forward. So, um, yeah, but, you know, who knows what happens down the track, you know, I might end up there anyway. Okay, mate. And so it sounds like you want to try and get as many years as you can under the belt with rugby, but have you got any ideas, you know, eventually rugby will stop, I guess. Um, have you got any yeah. ideas what you might want to do after then? I think um, probably try to stay involved in the game, um, okay. you know, and... I guess help out. Um, you know, I see a lot of like I'm, I'm living out Western Sydney at the moment, and you know, you see a lot of uh, I guess talented kids, you know, come through here. And mm-hmm. I guess uh, you know, trying to you know help them in whatever way I can. You know, I guess um, you know, just try to lead them onto the right path. And you might not be playing rugby, you know, you just might might be doing something else. But as long as you know they're on, they've got they've got goals in their lives and, and passions, you know. Mm. Okay, mate. And look, I guess you're. Hoping to get to the the World Cup this year, I guess that would be the last so, sort of um, a big uh, goal that you've got there. Having you know won the Super Rugby title, try and get bring back Bill. Is that is that high on their list? Yeah, that's obviously one of um, you know the, the I guess main things that I wanted to stay back was mm. um, was to see like Australian rugby and New South Wales rugby, um, you know, doing well and. Uh, you know, I think, you know, the Bledders Bowl obviously is up there too. We've, um, you know, one of the you know, goals for me, you know, Bledders Bowl and, and then yeah, after that, you know, World Cup. So, um, yeah, hopefully uh, we'll get a good year and, and, and contribute to 
to uh, you know achieving those things. All right, mate. Well, look, it'd make us very happy as well to see you achieve those things. I'm uh, really looking forward to seeing you guys run out on Saturday. Good luck with all of that, and um, thanks for coming on and having a chat with us. Cheers, mate. Thanks. So we're back now, having that had that chat with uh, Cliffy Palu. He's a he's a, he's a man of few words, but um, he, you know he uh, clearly means them. And it was uh, fascinating to hear about him putting that trying to put that bell ringer on Jerry Collins and kind of leaving a, a permanent memento of the man. But anyway, look, guys, let's get stuck into uh, these games that we've got, the rema- the games that we had last weekend and the remaining ones that are coming up. Um, there are a few crackers. Let, let's start off talking about the Brumbies. What a game that was on the weekend, uh, BJ. I mean, did you see that coming? Oh, absolutely not. If you had said that the Brumbies would walk away from Newlands with a uh, almost 40 points and six tries, I would have said, what are you drinking or smoking and can I have some? Because that was a a pretty uh, awesome display. Oh, yeah, wasn't it? I mean, I, it had to blow everybody away. I mean, Hugh, did you get to see this one? Yeah, I agree. It was one of those ones where you kind of kept expecting the Stormers to come back into the game. You know, even at... at, at uh, uh, the third of, of uh, Joe Tamani's tries in the first 20 minutes, you kind of thought, well, it's 17-3, but, you know, the Stormers will, will work their way back in. And, and they did, and I think they got to within about six at one point, mm. but they never really looked in the game. It was, it, was a, it was a really kind of really strange match to watch and one we're so... Uh, I've, I've never seen before with a South African team playing at home. I mean, even the, the last time the Brumbies played a, a final in South Africa was that game against, I think it was the Bulls, mm. and they scored that try in the final minutes to edge it, and I was expecting a similar kind of game, but oh, no one could have predicted that kind of uh, shellacking. Yeah, I mean, I look, I mean, clearly, you know, some of those tries that uh, Joe Tamain. T- uh, was scored. Uh, Rugby Reg calls him that. And uh, so Timon. He used to call him Timon. Like, Did he? Like t- Timon and Pumba. <laughs> I always thought it sounded like he was a mafia boss. But anyway, um, yeah. No, some of those tries he scored, he probably would have scored anyway. But but I think, like you say, the reason why the Stormers couldn't come back is I really felt they were missing that leadership in the pack. Uh, that you know Vermeulen and then also Berger. I mean, you take two players that like that out. And you're going to leave some massive holes, you know, physically as well as mentally, and that seemed to have a massive effect on the on the whole team, uh, you know. So I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it was com- yeah, completely kind of blew everything away. Um, who were some of the top performances you saw there, BJ? Who, who stuck out for you? Oh, obviously Joe Tamani, uh, mm. hat trick of tries stands out, um, and obviously. David Pocock and Scott Fardy were just having a field day because, like you mentioned, there was no Vermeulen or Berger in there, mm. and they just pretty much gave them free reign. And you know, Scott Fardy, just before halftime, pulls off a 40-metre kick that uh, he didn't really mean, but that was very tactical because the, the Stormers' line-out was horrible mm. all day, and they, I think they overthrew about six throws, not just missing, but well over the receiver's hands. And that uh, led to the try just before halftime, which got them out to the 18-point lead, which uh, I thought was enough, but then the um, you know, Stormers started to come back. But, yeah, there were some pretty good um, games from everybody. Like Matt Tamua, he uh, was named on the bench, but he came up and you know, copped the knock in the first two minutes, I think. So mm-hmm. he had a pretty good game considering he pretty much, he looked a bit out of it for most of it. Yeah, 
No, he, yeah, he did uh, play really hard. Hugh, anyone who stood, stood out in your eyes, mate? Yeah, I'll concur with Steve about Scott Fardy, actually. Mm. I, I've been umming and ahhing about him all season because I think he's been below his best and, and really not, not producing the form that we know he can he can produce. But I, I think deep down, I, I think he's a big game player. Mm. And I think he kind of, he always has a little bit more in the tank. And in those big games, um, he, he, he more often than not is uh, one of the more outstanding blokes on the field. And that's kind of why I'd still be picking him in the Wallabies, you know, as uh, as one of the first blokes picked because I think he really peaks in the, in those big occasions. Mm. Um, the other guy I suppose uh, I'd like to highlight is Scotty Seo, who I, who I yeah. thought was was great as well. Um, really abrasive with his ball running and and um, hopefully he can stay fit and we can see what he's got for the Wallabies because he's never really had a sustained period where he's fit and in form like he uh, is seemingly coming into now. So mm. so exciting times for him and hopefully for the Wallabies. Yeah, I mean, I'd uh, concur, as they say, with you with uh, guys on all of those picks. Um, probably the one, Itavea. Um, so I know he's been getting massive raps on the forum from our sort of um, gaggle of uh, Brumbies uh, diehards. But, I mean, i got to say that he, he, I thought he kind of, he lived up to the hype. Uh, on the weekend, um, with some, some you know fairly massive plays, and he he started to have those uh, sort of kefu like runs, you know, where it was it, you know didn't look like anything was on, and all of a sudden he'd kind of stretched through, you know, half a dozen defenders and uh, scored a try as well, didn't he? Um, which yeah. which he kind of to, managed to wrestle over. And if when you look at his stats, um, I've been looking at, coming out probably later on this week. We've got the number eight stats, and um, there's some surprising stats that he's got in there as well. So he's got a lot of quality to his play. I also agree with you guys on on Fardy. He's I think the thing that you know Fardy's got, which maybe doesn't completely come through in stats except for maybe turnovers, is just he's you know he's wily and he's experienced, right? Um, and on the one hand, I know some people kind of whinge about how he's always in the ref's ear but I think that's part of it you know um, I think he realizes he can kind of shape opinion and put pressure on the assistant referees and those sorts of things as assistant as um, sort of experienced campaigners can um, so yeah that was big I mean obviously one of the big things to come out of that game though was the uh, Henry Spate red card um, was it as bad as as a red card has been made out would you say Steve well, um, on first viewing, and I've had a look at it and have got a photo of it, as he's uh, one, one Dijon's head is in the ground. It doesn't look good. Mm. And uh, I think with the fact there's been a lot of these tackles so far throughout the season, and I think Sansa have uh, been getting – I think they've had enough of the of how many they've been. There was one we spoke about the other week where the judiciary guy said that the two-week deterrent that they seem to be adding on is obviously not working, so – Maybe they'll go with more this time. So it doesn't look good. Um, and we're still waiting for the uh, outcome as we speak because they started about oh, four games ago yeah. and uh, there's still no result. But I don't think he'll be playing uh, anytime soon. Yeah, geez, a bit of a worry. Yeah, it wasn't good, but it's not He's um, not in his nature to do that. And I think he was just trying to clear out and it just went horribly wrong for him. And you know, it's not a, a, a bad bone in his body and it's just unfortunate and um hopefully it's not too bad well so i I watched the game on replay and i'd heard that something had happened um towards the end of the game so and it was interesting though because it was it was it yan de yong was the guy and actually the two of them have a bit of a scuffle after about the third or fourth minute 
um, and like it kind of goes in the back plates. It, it's more of a, a bit of a shove handbaggy type thing. So that was interesting. But the other bit that I thought was interesting was that it wasn't really a clean clear out. It was they were both running towards the ruck. I think De Jong was kind of pushing him or getting in his way or something like that. Yeah. And then it was kind of like a reflex thing. I found it hard to believe. So it wasn't really a tackle. He didn't get both arms around the guy, and yet De Jong kind of flung up over onto his head and I you know it's either it was a, a very good kind of judo throw over his leg or look I you know it kind of looked to me I was kind of I don't know I don't know if I'm imagining things but I just thought De Jong looked to me like he went too easily off his feet a little bit there so um I wondered if there was more made of it than really you know should have come yeah. out of the actions that 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 Spate did I don't know Hugh am I imagining things Oh, a little bit, uh, a little bit. I, I think it's a red card it, mm. these days with the head being as, as sacred as it is. Anything, any action, regardless of whether the bloke's airborne or not, or picked up or thrown or pushed or whatever, anything that someone ends up landing on their head like that, you, you, you've really got to you know, have extenuating circumstances not to get a red. Um, and yeah, look, I think Henry could be on the on the hook for. For six weeks, you know, and hopefully it's a little bit less than that, so mm. it doesn't affect the Wallabies. But I certainly think his his year for the Brumbies is over. Yeah. yeah. What was so what, what was interesting is at the time, uh, Yako Paper said play on, and it wasn't until the ball went dead and then the the assistant ref got involved that uh, they looked at the TMO to have a look at it and gave his uh, card from that. So Yako Paper was standing about a few, only a few meters away and said play on. So. I don't. I'm not sure what he was looking at at the time, but yeah. You know. Well, I think that also goes to what Matt said. It was it wasn't that close to the ball, mm. you know. And I think in that situation, the referee's eyes are on the ball and on the tackle, um, and not something that might be occurring a few meters away. But um, yeah, I'm not sure whether that helps or hinders Henry, to be honest, because the question, you know, what the hell was he doing? Mm. Well, what was he doing? You know, that doesn't really. If it was at the ruck, you could kind of understand a little bit more. I think. Yeah, I I think it was a little bit of a reaction to some niggle that had been boiling during the game, maybe. Anyway, so that's a real pity uh, because we you know we'd been waiting with bated breath to get uh, Henry in, into the Wallabies, and um, anyway, hopefully this doesn't um, you know if well, it probably looks like it's going to affect the Brumbies. Hopefully, it doesn't affect the Wallabies as well. Um, alrighty, so look, so that was last weekend's game. Let's stay with the Brumbies because I know, Steve, you've got a potentially sick child going to wake up any minute, and so we could be losing you. Yeah. So I'd, I'd like to get your input on, you know, what we've got this weekend. So the Hurricanes, mate, um, in Wellington, it's not an easy place to go, especially against these guys who are absolutely on fire. Uh, how are you fancying it, chances? I think it's going to be a very close game. I said that last week, and that, look how that turned out. Um, I think from what's happened two years ago with the same sort of travel schedule that the Brumbies went with then, they have learnt a few lessons from that. Uh, the majority of the team back then are, are, with the, are there now, so there's no new things they need to look forward to or are going to have as a surprise. But um, the Hurricanes, you know, they may have – I think the Brumbies may uh, might be asking – Michael Checker for a few tips on how to beat them since the Waratahs knocked them off over there. Uh, one mm-hmm. of the few teams to do so. Um, so they're going to have a light week of training. I think you know, they got into Canberra light, late Monday night, uh, train today, train tomorrow, and then fly over Thursday. So it's a quick turnaround for them. 
But uh, like I'm, Steve Wycombe today said, they don't really need to train as much. It's more about recovery from that game on the weekend and uh, getting the mental preparation for this week. But, you know, Hurricanes, you know, there's some of those guys that they've got in that back line, you know, Nonu, Smith, Sevilla, and that Milner Scudder, you know, they, they, are, they will pose a big test for the Brumbies, no doubt. Mm. And so, because I'm just trying to remember, what's the uh, what's the Brumbies uh, Hurricanes record been like? Have they have they matched up already this year? No, they haven't. They haven't played each other this year. But I think the Brumbies have beaten them the last two times they've played. So that's one thing in their favour. And you know, mm-hmm. the Hurricanes have had the week off. And uh, you look what happened with the Stormers. You know, they rested all those players the week before and were trying to be fresh, and it didn't work out so well for them. So maybe that's one thing the Hurricanes will have had to. Um, Think about because uh, you know, the storm has got towed up that way. Mm. Well, actually, yeah. Looking at these, I'm just I've just got the stats in front of me now. You have to go back to 2010, I think, for the Hurricanes to actually beat the Brumbies. So 2011 it was 17-16 to the Brumbies. Uh, 2012 it was 37-25 to the Brumbies. Uh, it was at uh, 2013 it was 30 to 23 to the Brumbies, and then last year it was 29-21. So um, they've actually got the wood over the Hurricanes um, as it happens at the moment. So there's obviously, and these are all pretty high-scoring games as well. So um, it sounds like uh, the weekend could be a cracker. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, that's all I can say. But you know, obviously, Hurricanes with a new coach this year and mm. uh, Manonu back running things. So um, it'll be a good game either way. Mm. And are there any any injuries or people going out or people coming back in that we should know about? Um, just the obvious Henry Spate, but mm. uh, I, you know, let's be honest, he, I don't think he'd be playing. But uh, Larkham's got a couple of options there for the wing. Uh, James Dargaville, who's done quite well this year in his, his appearances. Uh, who else did he say? Uh, Nigel Arwong, who could play there. But um, you know, I guess we'll know more tomorrow or later tonight. Mm. Hugh, is, is, Robbie, is Robbie Coleman fitting well, Steve? Yeah, he's he's done quite well because he obviously filled in at twelve uh, whilst Tamura's out with Leo Lafano slotting in at ten. So um, I'm not sure. I don't think he's played on the wing for some time. So maybe if they do have a shuffle, it could be maybe Mog to the wing and Coleman at fifteen. But um, you know, there's a couple of options there. So hopefully um, whoever is picked can do the job, especially if you've got those wingers. I think you know, Sevilla. Um, you know, good luck trying to tackle him. He's he's, he's a monster too. Mm-hmm. All right, mate. Well, look, um, Hugh. I mean, what 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 do you think we've got in store? Oh, look. I, I honestly hope it's a good game. Actually, I, I I probably will tip the Hurricanes for this. Mm. It does have a real feel of last year to it in a similar semi final with the Brumbies against the Tars last year and the Brumbies against the Hurricanes, where I think they're coming up against a team who you just get the feeling that it might be their year. You know, a, a bit like the Tars last year and, you know, a long underperforming franchise that's finally gotten their shit together and, you know, top the top the uh, Super Rugby table quite easily, um, sweeping pretty much everyone away. It's it's going to be a real tough ask for the Brumbies and I can see a scenario a bit like the Waratahs game where they kept with them for, for 60 to 70 minutes like the Chiefs grand final two years ago. Um, yeah, but the... Home team just runs away within the end, but I hope that's not the I hope that's not the way it goes, and I hope the Brumbies can can summon that extra bit of uh, bit of endurance and fitness to get there. Because as you say, Steve, hopefully they've learned a bit from that that trip back from South Africa in 2013, 
and uh, I've got a few tricks up their sleeve. Because the Hurricanes, I mean, the thing in the back of your mind that, that makes you think the Brumbies are a real chance is Hurricanes have never been in this position before. You know, this is this team is, um, although a lot of the, their blokes have been around for a long time, this is their first time on top of the table and, and, and being the ones that uh, everyone's gunning for. So you never know what, what effect that pressure will have, uh, especially in the later stages of the game. So I think the Brumbies are in with a massive chance and they've got to be riding high after that Stormers game. So... Uh, I'll tip the Hurricanes, but uh, in a pretty close one. Mm. Well, you've got two teams, again, averaging uh, three tries a game. Um, so it, it, I mean, it really should it should be a cracker. I mean, you look at the stats from the for the Hurricanes. I mean, they're ranked first in the comp for carries, for metres, for clean breaks, for defenders beaten. They're third for offload. Um, you know, you've really got to have your defensive... Uh, you, wits about you to take those guys on so it's going to be a, a hard old game uh for the brumbies but i think they're a smart they're, they're a smart outfit they've got some real class in there um as well we know especially throughout the forwards um so look you know anything could happen and i think they they proved us all wrong you know last weekend so here's good luck to them because wow what assuming you know if, if the tars can get it done this weekend um if, if the brumbies were able to do it my god we could have an all aussie final how's that Oh, don't 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 think don't about think it. We that, can't. We can't. Don't dream. Don't dream. It's over. All right. Look, <laughs> let's let's talk to, about Tars then. Uh, last weekend, uh, Hugh, what do you think? Uh, well, obviously, <laughs> they dominated the buy. <laughs> running. Yeah, up I was going to say you threw me for a second. Huh? <laughs> I was going, oh shit, have I missed a game here? What have I... <laughs> No, so, I mean, the, the Tars coming in uh, is what I probably should have said. Um, what do you, you know, them, them missing a game last weekend, uh, good, bad, or, in, or, or indifferent? Does it oh, look, I, th- I think it's good. I, I think la- last year they, they had just the same scenario and came out and performed. And I think, especially after they had 10 games on the trot, mm. including a tour to South Africa, I think they really needed that week off. And, and, you know, Checker put them through a couple of pretty vigorous fitness sessions. So I, d- I don't think they, w- they were resting on their laurels. I, I, um, yeah, I, I don't think they can have any complaints with pretty much everyone on deck now that, that uh, Rob Horn and um, Tolu Latu are back from suspension too. So there, there are a few little injury worries with uh, Kurtley Beale and, and Horn and Matt Carraro. But I think you, I'd be very surprised if any of them were kept out uh, of the weekend's game. Awesome. So we're pretty much back to the full team. Um, well, what do you think? I'll start with I'll start with you, Steve. What's what's your feeling on this one? I think either way, it's going to be a very very good game. Because you look at the way the Highlanders played last week and just the the firepower they've got in the back line there. You know, a good couple of uh, like All Blacks Wallabies matchups there as well. You know, starting Aaron Smith, Nick Phipps, um, you know, Feki Toa, um, Ashley Cooper. You know, there's a and I'm really looking forward to seeing some of these wingers get in the open space. You know, Osborne and Naholo for the mm. Highlanders. Um, they're, they're very dangerous. So, you know, the Waratahs' um, defense will have to be very good to keep them in check. So, hopefully, there's lots of tries from uh, either side. And just for my bank balance, I'm hoping that the grand final will be in Sydney so I can actually go and not have to fork out to go to New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> You're definitely going, mate, if, if the Brumbies are through either way. 
that's still to be discussed with the manager of finance <laughs> entertainment. <laughs> uh, okay. I mean, look, yeah, this, that Naholo guy, I mean, you know, stats-wise, he's been absolutely covering. For some reason, I just haven't seen a lot of the, uh, the the clan for the last few weeks, but he's been absolutely ripping it up, um, hasn't he? So I, he, he's going to be fascinating to watch. Um, Hugh? You know, what's, what's the head and the heart telling you? Oh, look, I'm quietly confident about this, actually, probably more so than I was last year about the Brumbies, um, because the Highlanders are a team that traditionally the Waratahs have matched up really well against. Mm-hmm. Um, and that said, that you know, they lost earlier in the year, but that was a, you, you felt like that was when the Tars were still underdone and the Highlanders were, were on top of their game or, or close to it. And even then, that game could have gone either way uh, over there in, um, in Dunedin. Um, but it it's um, the big Waratah forwards are the, are the thing that I expect to give us the edge and and that physicality that that our forwards can bring uh, that really the Highlanders can't match mm-hmm. and they've got some some really decent operators in that pack you know led by Nasi Manu um, and, and um, Honek the prop who's also decent and, and you know a couple of I mean unfortunately they've lost their um, they're really good uh, open side breakaway with a with a dislocated elbow, um, but they've still got a you know a really decent side and that backline's electric if they get that platform. But um, I think the Waratahs and their really physical defence and and ball running in the forwards really gives them the edge. And uh, the key is just to nullify Aaron Smith first of all and then Ben Smith secondly because they're the two real linchpins of that side. And uh, if you can get them and limit their space. Uh, especially around the fringes there, then you know you can really get the Highlanders going backwards. And uh, look, it's still going to be a close game, and by no means a walkover for the Waratahs. But I think, um, uh, honestly, they match up a lot better with the Waratahs than say the Stormers would have if we had to apply the Stormers, because we we tend to struggle with those physical um, South African brick wall defences, uh, whereas the more open New Zealand style, I think we it like much like the Hurricanes. Uh, game earlier this year, we, we just tend to, I don't know what it is, but we just tend to get into a better headspace and it suits our style a bit better. So I, I, I'll, I'll tip the Tars by seven. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the, tar, the uh, those New Zealand teams don't always seem to have the line speed and um, I think that kind of suits us uh, as far as, you know, getting those big forwards running forward and getting them over the gain line. Um, I mean, I wrote an article today, just, you know, you look into the stats of these two teams and they really are sort of the yin and the yang. So, you know, the, the Tars, as we know, just love running and running and running and keeping that ball, keeping that machine going. Um, they, they, they're they the lowest kick-from-hand team in the comp uh, based on that, whereas you look at the Highlanders and they're the opposite. So just they're only the only team in front of them are the Sharks for kicking the leather off the ball because they love to chase and then they love to turn over and they like to try and score off the off the turnover. So um, they're two teams that actually they they kind of feed each other's strengths. So the you know the clan are going to be kicking the back the ball back to the Tars and the Tars are going to be running it at the clan and, and who are then going to try and see if they can take the ball off on them. So that's going to be absolutely fascinating. And I just it really probably comes down to the breakdown as far as which of those two teams are going to come out on top. Can the clan kind of stuff up the Tars breakdown and stop that continuity, uh, or, could, or can the Tars kind of keep it going? Um, I remember watching last year. I think it was it the, the the game before. It was the last game before the semis um, that they played the Highlanders, and it was close to the end of the season anyway. Yeah, I think it was the second last round. Yeah, and they and they built them. 
Yeah, and, and it actually it was really close at half time. It was something like t- 11, 10 or something like that. Um, and you thought, geez, you know, the, you know, this is a really tight game, but you know, the, the, the Tars had just been running at the Highlanders for so long and they, they could only hold on for so long. And then, you know, you, when you saw the Tars come back at half time, they were ready to go and the Highlanders looked like they were ready to get back on a plane, you know, that they'd had enough. So, um, anyway, if the Tars can get their role and I think they'll do it, I, I'm, I've got to say I, I'm tipping them. Steve, where are you with this one? I'm going to put my Australian allegiance at the forefront and say the Waratahs. I just think, like you said, the physicality of the uh, Waratahs pack might just edge them and a couple of uh, electric ball runners out wide. I just want to see some backs do some good things in this game, but more so from the Waratahs. All right, mate. And look, just to round out our tips then, uh, I think, Hugh, did I hear from you? You think you probably, the, the Canes have probably got that one? Yeah, I think I'll, I'll tip the Hurricanes by four. Mm-hmm. I've got to check, actually. I'm still uh, I'll check if I'm still in the lead in the Green and Gold Rugby Super Brew tipping pool, actually. Oh. Not to uh, not to self-promote it all here, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I might have lost my lead by tipping the Stormers. Uh, well, I hate to admit that now, <laughs> sort of. But, uh, yeah, it's it's coming up to the crunch, so... Right. Yeah. What, what was that, Matt? What was the prize again this year? I think you said it was what two thousand dollars. Yeah. That a, a fully, fully paid trip to the Bahamas. Zimbabwean <laughs> dollars. Yeah. 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 Five billion Zimbabwean dollars. Um, <laughs> and 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 Steve, do I need to ask you? You've got the Brumbies to come through on this one, have you? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, look, I'm gonna break the deadlock. I don't know. My, yeah, my heart says that they can do it. My head probably says that it's going to be tough for them to go there against the Canes, but we'll see. Um, so, and as far as the game this weekend, Hugh, are you going to get along to the task? Yeah, definitely. I, I'm, I'll be in the press box for this one and being overseas for the finals last year. <laughs> um, so I'm really soaking it in, uh, soaking in the, the success at the moment. And uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully a big crowd and uh, everyone get along. Because, I mean, I wrote an article up in the blog today that, you know, these things don't come around very often, these finals, and mm. and um, we should never be blasé about them, both the Brumbies fans and the Waratahs fans, because um, it's a fantastic thing to have success, and, and it generally doesn't last last particularly long. So anyone that's a Waratahs fan or, or indeed a Brumbies fan, get to the games this weekend if you can, um, because um, both promise to be absolute belters. Yeah, no, they do. And, and no matter what happens... Uh, it's be the last game the Tars are going to be playing at uh, Allianz this year, no matter what. So get yourself down there. Now, look, the one piece of news I think we probably do need to cover off um, before the end of the podcast is that in sort of a, well, I guess it was a bit of a shock announcement. It had been dragging on for ages. But so the QRU released quite an interesting statement. I think it was Sunday night. Yeah, it was uh, really strange timing for that one. Yeah, it was like Sunday night, uh, put, putting out a press release that was you know, pretty... I don't know, pretty stark in its terms, which just been, which was basically we were sick of Quade Cooper yanking our chains, is how I read it. Steve, how did you read it? Yeah, very much the same. I think they've just had enough, and um, I think they were sort of alluding to they've bent over backwards to accommodate any sort of negotiation or demands, and this time around it, it wasn't going to happen, mm. and they'd had enough. Yeah. Uh, fair enough, Hugh, or what? Well, it's hard to know without knowing what's going on behind the scenes with this. I mean, as to who's in the right and who's in the wrong. Um, both sides obviously trying to manipulate through the media. And again, we saw this morning in, in the in News Corp press, Quade Cooper saying seemingly that he wants to stay in Australia and might even consider signing with the Waratahs, <laughs> which would be just apoplexy across the country. Um, 
if that was to happen, and he wants to play sevens in Rio, and it's a really confusing issue and to know what to make of it because obviously he's not mad keen to go to Toulon mm. because all you know everything points to the fact that he's trying to stay in Australia or you know wanting to stay at home and and um and play for the Wallabies and so on. So you know it makes you question why why the f- you know to not to get into profanity, but why the hell he signed with him in the Toulon in the first place if he's so desperate to stay. Yeah. Um, and so it's hard to know what the QIU situation was and, and you know, who who was the one that was being, you know, the demanding one at the uh, at the negotiation table because it's certainly a tough situation and, and it's really one that's almost impossible for us to know what went on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it is an interesting one. It, it sounds like um, someone stepped and said that, you know, enough's enough. Um, I think Daryl Gibson has already come out today and said, look, if we were to, um, yeah, I think I saw a tweet from Ian Payton who said, who's, who was tweeting that Daryl Gibson had said that uh, they would be able to get Cooper in under, underneath their salary cap. So, um, you know, I don't know if they're going to invoke the Falau um, clause um, or protocol to try and somehow get him in, but um, it sounds to me like that's a pipe dream. And But to your point, I don't get what all these shenanigans are around. I mean, if he's actually signed something with Toulon, which I would have thought would have been for a pile of cash, to the point where people were talking about him having to, someone having to buy out of that if they want him to stay here, um, then I don't get, I really don't get what all the fuss is about. Um, I think it is a shame that it never worked out. I would have loved to have seen Quaid have some proper time underneath Michael Checker in a Michael Checker team. Um, because I think if someone who could have taken those natural skills that he's got and then really harness them in a sort of in, in sort of the game plan that Checker runs, I think that could have been quite mind blowing actually. Um, well, I mean, he still could. He's he's probably a good shot of making the um, making that seven test. I think he needs to get to the sixty mark mm. um, bef- before he goes overseas. But you do think that you know of all the competitions in rugby in the world that he is best suited to Super Rugby. And that's his place where he thrives. I'd be interested to see if he can replicate that success with Toulon because mm. that grinding sort of French style, I don't know, just doesn't smack to me as being what it, what would suit his natural kind of game. But uh, you never know with this stuff and who God knows where it's going to end up because mm. um, there seems to be a lot left to run on it. Yeah. All right. So we probably haven't heard the, the, the last of that. Okay, boys. Well, look, it's been great to have you on. Um, Awesome to have two Aussie teams in the in the semi this weekend. Uh, thank you to, to South Africa for making up the numbers this year. <laughs> uh, and uh, just and just on um, with the Brumbies Stormers game, uh, there was a comment there from Alistair Coetzee that the the Brumbies were a bit soft, and I'd like to thank him for firing and the Brumbies up for that one too. <laughs> yeah, did a great job. Um, anyway, right, great. Well, look, boys, thanks for coming on. Good to talk to you. No problem. And uh, hopefully we'll be talking about a couple of Aussie victories uh, next week. And uh, thanks, everybody, for downloading and joining. Um, Remember that Res Long Lunch. And uh, if you're anywhere near Sydney, get your ass to the Alliance uh, this weekend. All right. Speak to you later. Cheers, guys. See ya. Seven left.